Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Surprise, we're here. It's Valentine's Day and your loved ones have returned. Your survivor kings. (laughs) The On the Island podcast. We're here to talk about the first episode of Survivor season number 40, Winners at War. I'm your host, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, ready to burn down your house, Taylor Gaines. And with me as always, he's like a dinosaur that's been time-bombed into the future, Tyler B. Commons. I think you titled the season wrong, isn't it? Edge of Extinction 2? You said what? Winners at War? Is that Winners what? at War. Is that what it's really called? <laughs> with real blood. Oh, yeah. Welcome. I'm. I'm here. I'm happy to be back. Survivor started, so once again, all is well with the world. Aren't podcasts fun? So much life has happened since we last recorded a podcast together, and yet, to you, the listener, it's just the next episode. Yeah, you have no idea if we've quit our jobs or move <laughs> states or um a recording in a new place you, i mean you have no idea weird examples weird examples seem somewhat specific but i don't know if they ring true for either of us people will have to guess <laughs> we'll never one? tell <laughs> <laughs> that's why we do this podcast audio only it's not because we don't really know how to do a video podcast it's just because we don't want anyone to know where we are. Even though we've we- talked about it extensively in other episodes. <laughs> Ty. I'm back in Florida. There we go. Spoilers out there. I'm done. Let's talk about Survivor and not me. <laughs> We're going to talk about plenty more spoilers in this episode. As we try to wrap our arms around a two-hour premiere for season number 40. The first time ever that Survivor has populated its entire cast with winners. 20 winners to be exact boy i am excited ty we watched a two-hour episode and i am i'm still so excited i just there's so many things i expected with the first episode like just so many connections that i wanted to see because you have all these people that have won on fiji like in these same camps in the same islands then you have like this old school and new school that's brought up and you have people playing well and other people you thought would play well playing terribly and i just they threw you right into the action and it's uh it's been it was a whirlwind of two hours but i really really enjoyed it yeah i feel like i i don't know if my body could handle it but if every survivor episode was two hours would they all be this good (laughs) (laughs) well i don't i don't know because they did the classic two vote outs in one episode that's two hours so like could but there were only fill? two challenges in two hours too which helps yeah that's true so we did get to see a lot of interactions back at tribal so i i don't know i think i could be down i think the the 90 minute episode i believe that was last season was really the sweet spot for me but um two hours shoot i'll take it as much as i was into it I, get. <laughs> I should say we didn't record a preview episode this season because we just uh, didn't have time. So we're going to try to go through all of the casts within our recap for this first episode, but 
just generally, what was your reaction to this opening episode, getting all these winners on the same beach at the same time? Dude, it was exciting. There's been people, I know I've mentioned it, probably at least every season, Ethan coming back is probably my favorite thing because Ethan is the in Africa. Like that was the season that really got me to like love the show. I think I was young enough that my parents didn't really let me fully even watch season one because of Richard Hatch walking around naked, who is notably <laughs> missing from this season. But like seeing everybody there, seeing Natalie there, seeing like just all these people that weirdly, if you follow the show like I do, were like milestones in your life being there and ready to play. I will say I thought the champagne drinking was a little bit corny, but I just seeing <laughs> Did Jeff t- quote Game of Thrones during that too? That was odd. I don't know. I'm not a Game of Thrones watcher, but it was it was really exciting seeing everybody out there and getting their first look cuz somehow I think they kept it semi-secret at least. At least uh Sandra would have us believe so, but I, I don't <laughs> want to get spoily. But oh. Well, so you did just touch on one of the things I found to be the most powerful in this episode, like there was something about putting all these winners together that added a lot of like thematic energy to me, to the show that's usually not there. I mean, just on a, just in a surface level sense, like everything was electric in a way that the show usually has to work much harder to achieve because you know everyone there and you know that they're all good at Survivor because they've all won. So there's just this energy that existed that was just like crackling and really felt like everyone was playing so hard. I mean, we'll come back to that. But the other thematic thing that really jumped out to me, which you just touched on with the conversation about Ethan, is doing a show about... 20 people who have one survivor before makes you realize in a much more visceral way how long this show's been around. I mean, Ethan, for example, almost died a couple of times. He had cancer, multiple stem cell treatments, took experimental drugs, Hodgkin's lymphoma to be specific, I guess. And hearing him talk about living life in fear, fear of relapse, fear of death, and then talk about how being on the island, like this is living, was obviously powerful. (laughs) And then to have that contrasted with Parvati and Rob talking about how many kids they have and Amber coming back to the show after not being on for 20 years or so, like 16 years or something was just making me think about the passage of time in a way that survivor never does. Cause we are essentially watching people grapple with aging and trying to figure out whether they can still mentally and physically accomplish what they could when they were younger. Yeah. It was so funny seeing how many people connected that like they're connecting over their kids now when the last time they were on it like you think about amber she i don't think she's been on in years and years and she's had four kids and she's a mom now and like she's not the same like 
single flirty person that she was when she first played Parvati. Well, and Parvati, yeah. she's got it. She's got a kid. She's a teacher now. Like she is, has a life and just these people like real life happens. I mean, they mentioned that like iPhones didn't exist. iPhones didn't exist for seven years w- that this show was on. Like there's just so many things. Smartphones weren't a thing. Um, should I throw this out there? Nine eleven hadn't happened. Like just so many crazy things have taken place over these 20 years and some of these people haven't played in like 14 i think they said yule hadn't been on since like 2006 2007 so it's just it's crazy to see everybody's <laughs> grown up but some people have grown up more you know like sarah adam uh ben those people they they seem the same because we watched them in the last you know three four years but everyone else is like oh man stepping in and it's just it's a whole new world with twists and turns and things that like they just didn't have <laughs> yeah it's almost like when you're a kid everything seems easier looking back on it you're like all i had to do was go to school and play like what a life i had and all they had to do was come out and flirt and play survivor but now like you get old and things get more complicated there's just twists everywhere turns you feel like you could be taken out at any moment. It was just, I found it really breathtaking. I, I thought it was like shockingly good. Well, a guy like Ethan, who the last time he played, like immunity idols didn't exist. Like that wasn't a thing. It didn't come out for like seven seasons after he played. So it's just, it's so interesting. And they talked a lot about old school and new school, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's just so crazy to see the difference in pacing and just how that has moved and how that not only translates to the game, but real life and real life translates to the game and just seeing seeing all that happen. Like you're saying, yeah, it was, it was a crazy picture to step back and kind of like catch my breath and realize, hey, we're here. Everyone's here. Old people, young people, new people. Like it's, just, it's awesome. It's exciting. So we'll run through everyone who's there as we go through this episode and get into some of our reactions to the individual players that have returned. But just to set the stage again a little bit, there's a few distinct characteristics of this season. Obviously, 20 winners, that's a big one. (laughs) They're now playing for $2 million dollars instead of one, as has happened in each of the other 39 seasons. Edge of Extinction has returned once again. And if you're voted off, you can go live there with a hope of returning later on in the game. And of course, Ty, the introduction of Fire Tokens. Yeah, let's talk about Fire Tokens. Bequeath them, Ty. Give, I mean, it was funny because the first two people had to bequeath them. You knew exactly where they were going. But I think can we that, all use the word bequeath more? Let's do it. I'll write it on um, my will. I'll all bequeath right, well, everything instead of just giving it away. I bequeath the microphone to you. Go ahead. This is a change that Survivor has made in the modern era that I don't think bothers me, which is very rare to say nowadays. Like Edge of Extinction, we talked about. Not a big fan. But these like fire tokens. Uh, and they influence and you can earn more (laughs) i'm interested to see how it interacts with edge of extinction but i think it's a cool thing we always like the um the bidding on food 
maybe that challenge will come back. Um, and it, it doesn't bother me in a way that, you know, 12,000 idols or something else. I, I, <laughs> well, I, we I might have those it, too. It, we might have that. But I just like, again, we've got one episode to really go off of. But I really like the idea of this a lot more than any idea they've used recently. Capitalism, baby. Bring it out there. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think? Do you do you like the fire tokens? Do you hate the fire tokens? I'm intrigued. I actually don't hate them yet. I think they could work just because it seems to take a while to build them up and building them up seems to be reflected by some semblance of gameplay so i don't know i'm interested i don't like the idea that a muted idol only costs one of them necessarily but uh i think i read this somewhere today too they will at least give edge of extinction like a purpose like they'll make it seem like the people who are out there are part of the game and Ultimately, as much as I think Edge of Extinction is not something that fits in with Survivor the game, it is still sort of an interesting thing to play with. And certainly if you were a contestant, you would like it because (laughs) gives you a chance to come back. And hopefully they just fix some of the real problems with it, end it a little earlier, make it much harder to win upon returning perhaps. We'll, we'll see what happens with it, but I'm not annoyed by the fire tokens. I, I think they could be fun. Yeah, and I, I think talking about Edge of Extinction, you know, it's got um, mixed reviews, I think mostly negative, but it was interesting because I was reading articles and I was following up, you know, with people that can have access to the people that are playing, but some of the cast said they would not have come back had Edge of Extinction not been a part of this season. That's what we've been told a few times. I I, I still have yet to see a specific castaway put their name to that, but I believe it. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. But then there was also some unaired footage where Jeff, during the second tribal, actually said, who likes it? Um, Put your hand up if you like Edge of Extinction. Oh, yeah. Put your hand up if you don't like it. And seven of the ten said they don't like it. So (laughs) it's really interesting. I mean... In some sense, people do like it. Obviously, three of the ten voted that they like it. But on a bigger sense, seven of the ten don't like it because, you know, it kind of minimizes being voted out. So, you know, it's it's interesting that some people have said they wouldn't come back without it. But it's also, I think, a lot more telling that 70% of a tribe wouldn't vote to have Edge of Extinction as part of the season. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of purists, and I think that's fair. These are winners, too. And if I've learned anything from living on Earth, once you're a winner, you don't want the rules to change. (laughs) You want to stay winner. Ugh, I totally agree with that. (laughs) Well, let's tarry no further, Ty. Why don't we talk about the specific names and personalities that we got out here? Let's get into it a little bit. All right. Let's start with the blue tribe, which I think was pronounced Selly, Selay, Seal. Sia? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Selay. Because they were the tribe that lost the immunity challenge almost immediately and got to go to the first tribal council, which 
they actually had like a day and a half to prepare for, which is insane and probably contributed to the intense paranoia that existed there. But I want to talk about the people on that tribe first. I will go through this list and we can just talk about whatever comes up and uh, see where we go. So I'll start with Ethan. He won season three, Africa. I mean, you talked about this, but just such a long time ago. And the thing that jumped out to me watching him as well as some of the other old people was seeing how out of his depth he looked, but also displaying sort of an inherent bit of survivor skill that made you feel like he could catch up, but (laughs) it's going to be hard. Yeah. And I've talked about it forever him being my favorite player he's he's really personable but I, I will say you definitely see kind of the um older era of people the game almost feel like it's moving at hyperspeed and passing by so ethan um i hope he doesn't fall prey to that i don't think that's where he's gonna be after episode one but you know i i just i've been team ethan since 2001 or 2002 whenever we saw him yeah, and with his story, he's certainly the easiest to root for, probably out of anyone on the entire cast. I think Dalton Ross actually mentioned, I don't know that I knew this specifically, but he mentioned it in his recap today that after Ethan won Survivor Africa, he was inspired enough by the people he met and the things he saw to end up dedicating his life to raising millions of dollars to combat HIV in Africa through a organization called Grassroots Soccer. So in some ways might have made the most good in the world out of his survivor experience out of anyone. So really rooting for him. Enjoyed watching him being back in action. What about Denise Stapley, who won season 25 in the Philippines, which (laughs) that's what's crazy about how long this show's been around. Season 25 is pretty deep into a show's run. And that was still a long time ago. And it still feels like ancient history. Denise, I think she's going to stick around for a while. I don't... don't She was in a little bit of danger there early on. Her and Adam, Adam Klein, who we can also talk about here, uh, from season 33, he won Millennials vs. Gen X, a season that we have uh, made many friends from. And they walked off to find the water well or whatever and got a little lost and people use that as an excuse to target them i mean and they sh- they know it happened so it- it's yeah. interesting that it did happen but i still feel out of the two of them i feel like she is in a better spot because people have recency bias for adam klein you know and and one of the things we talk about and i'm sure we'll talk about it is a lot of these people hang out outside of the show and then some of them mm. don't as much and i feel like adam being in those circles, being active, you know, an active member of the club or whatever you want to say, I think he's in more trouble than Denise Could out be. of those two. It struck me in this first episode, though, and we'll talk about this more as we go on, that I feel like the older group is actually in danger more so than the younger one because people know them as legends of Survivor. They're all standing out there like, oh, my God, it's Tyson and Jeremy and... Ben, not not Ben. It's Tyson and Jeremy and Rob and Amber and Parvati and it's like just these people, Sandra, that you're like, 
wow, we got to get them out because they'll crush all of us. And it mm-hmm. makes me think that the newer winners will be able to coast a little bit longer than the younger ones because even in that moment where it looked like Adam and Denise were in danger, next thing you know, things had turned to a different group easily enough that the final vote was seven to two to one. So yeah, we'll see, but good gameplay by both of them getting themselves out of the trouble they found themselves in and uh, more power to them. What about Parvati? Parvati Shallow, winner of season 16, Micronesia. You talked about her going from one of the all-time flirts of Survivor to being a mom coming into this season. What were your impressions of her in this episode? I think she weirdly made a very smart move because we just came off of a season, Island of the Idols, based around Rob and Sandra, and she hitched your wagon to Rob early, which uh, is just... It's crazy, but I think it's also proof that there are some of these old school people sticking together, you know, the legends of the game that are going to be able to run it. So I think she's um, out there, and I think she made a wise choice getting with Rob because it's like you can't be a free agent if you're one of, you know, the legends. I think you can be sort of a free agent if you're the people that just squeaked by, you know? I think I think people like Ben could be, like, free agents, but... It's, it's just, I think that poverty's, sorry, I'm never going to say her name right. I'm going to say poverty instead of poverty. <laughs> I think uh, poverty's going to, I think she set herself up well early. I found it interesting watching her and Rob team up in a couple ways. Obviously, having her and him sit on the beach right before tribal and say, are we crazy? Why is no one targeting us? Like, they know what it feels like to be in a good spot. And they know what it feels like to be a threat. And they were just genuinely confused by what was happening. Which makes me think, like I was talking about a minute ago with Adam, I just don't know how long Rob and Parvati can last in a season like this. Just because they're so famous. I mean, Rob joked about having a statue of himself built on the freaking beach. At the same time, enjoyable to watch them do what it is that they do. Because... They're both still very good at it. And we should talk about Rob because Rob, the season he won was season 22, Redemption Island. And we got to see him do just classic Rob stuff. So like even if he does wind up getting taken out in the early part of this season, it's definitely not for lack of trying because let's talk about that moment with Ben. I'm sure most people are talking about that this morning, this afternoon, this night. But Ben Dreebergen, also on the Blue Tribe, winner of season 35, Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers. People may remember he uh, essentially just won an immunity idled him himself to the finish line. I think even did a fire-making challenge at some point. And really was not a strong social player in that season. He was on his own the entire time. And he talked about, in this premiere episode having to prove himself as a survivor player and i think he does and i think it failed in this episode because (laughs) the moment with rob on the beach was remarkable he basically throws out to rob that he may be being targeted and rob just goes who said my name silence you're not gonna tell me that's like getting off on the wrong foot ben 
And then he's, he says, I'm trying to remember who said it. And then like pauses awkwardly and he's like, uh, there was one of the girls. And then Rob's like, see this where you're not telling me? It's kind of making me feel like I can't trust you. And he's like, okay, it was Danny. And it was like watching a tiger play with its food. It was like, it was just entertaining and brutal at the same time. Yeah, and this is probably one of the things I want to talk about. Obviously, I think it's probably the biggest talking point of episode one was seeing the way Rob still has it. You know, like this, it's this, so my, easy for this him. This was my note for this is my note for it because you were watching this and going to tribal. People didn't want to throw names out. People didn't want to do anything. Rob is a straight shooter, I, and I think that takes people back. And I don't, I don't want to go into one of my societal rants, but it's really refreshing to see somebody just be a straight shooter, and it works out, and people respect him for it. And like we said, he's one of the biggest targets, and all he did was like, "Look, you're making me feel like it. like he never tried to hide anything." realistically he never tried to hide the truth he just wanted straight shooters to surround himself with and he and parvati seemed like they got that and then when he employed that against ben ben just crumbled and i think that that's interesting and i think that bigger picture outside the game like you want straight shooters but people aren't willing to be straight shooters because you like you have to accept anything anybody said you know what i'm saying everyone even me right now i'm backing myself out of committing to what i want to say and i think that it's so rare to have someone like boston rob well in the second half willing of it, to say what it is well the the second half of it too is he goes up to danny who won season 11 guatemala and is like i heard you threw my name out there she's like i did <laughs> and next thing you know they're in an alliance and it's just like it, to your point, I guess it goes a long way to just be really open and honest with people because they'll respect that. Right. And I don't think people believe that nowadays. I don't think people see that nowadays. Like, it's funny because I was watching Rob play and then you see Sandra play and they both play the game really, really well and they both play it their way. But all Sandra does is like throw out seeds of mistrust and throw mm, out she's so good rumors and all that like she's like such a snake and rob is so straightforward but both of their games are effective and it's interesting because i don't think you see rob's gameplay sh- played as often as you do someone like sandra's gameplay well i think that's the thing about winners though in general is they know why they're winners and they use it to their advantage which is why Ben might struggle because the reason he's a winner is not because he can hang with these kinds of people in conversation. And I'm fascinated to see what happens with him. Another person I'm interested to see what happens with is Michelle Fitzgerald, who won season 32 Cal Wrong because we've famously, maybe not famously, but talked about on this podcast that her win almost through no fault of her own is one of the grosser things that's happened on survivor Oh man! because we had essentially two bullies who decided that they didn't want a nerd to win and they were mad at Ty because he actually stood up to the bullies and did something about it. Anyway, I don't want to go down a whole rabbit hole with season 32, but 
Well, she also stole the victory from your future wife, <laughs> who took over the Instagram last night. I'll only leave that hint. We don't have to mention. Oh, I didn't even see anymore. that. Yeah, she was an Instagram takeover. But yeah, Michelle, like Michelle and Ben, fall in the same category for me. Of like, Michelle won it through no fault of her own. Ben won it because he won every challenge for like seven straight weeks or yeah. however many days. So it's like, I'm interested to see what kind of social game. I have more hope in Michelle than Ben because she definitely got the votes she needed to win her season because people just liked her a lot, clearly. Whereas Ben, I'm more skeptical, especially after what happened in this episode. But I will (laughs) say to his credit, he is self-aware. Like after each bad moment happened, it cut to him in confessional being like, oh, God, what am I doing? (laughs) So he's not clueless for sure. Yeah, he definitely realizes that he was starstruck. Um, so w- it'll be interesting to see if he can come back. Yeah, but Michelle and Ben, to me, feel like people that have something to prove, even though they're winners. Yeah, okay. So a couple more people on this tribe. Jeremy Collins, Season 31, Cambodia. And Natalie Anderson, Season 29, San Juan del Sur, which was the season she played with Jeremy. I guess we can talk about Natalie's second, even though this group comes as a pair because they were naturally targeted for being a pair because in Survivor, you're always looking for a reason to talk about someone other than you being on the chopping block. And those two playing together was a good reason. Amber and Rob being married was a good reason. The uh, poker group, as we'll talk about, was a good reason. And uh, it did not work out for this pair in this episode. I will say on Jeremy's behalf that he is just hands down one of my favorite survivor players ever and watching him win the challenge in the second half of the episode really brought back some great memories of uh seeing him in seasons past and i liked the clever little editing they did at tribal watching him realize that parvati and rob had done something and realizing it a moment too late yeah, he kind of got an interesting edit of somebody who like didn't really know what was going on around him. But like, I, he is also one of my favorites, and I hope that he can stick around. I hope that he can play the social game. I I just I want to see. I don't know why. I've just always loved Jeremy, and he's played what three times now, and I've rooted for him every season, and it's the same this season. I'm still gonna root for Jeremy. Natalie, on the other hand was not so lucky she might have felt something was wrong but she was voted out the first person sent to edge of extinction here in season 40 and i mean it speaks to one of the things that was really powerful about this episode is like i don't feel like she deserved to go home any more than anyone else i think like watching this group of people try to decide who to vote out was fascinating Like, you could tell that they all had won because they know a very simple rule, which is don't be the one who makes the plan for everyone else. There was even a scene in the first half of the episode with this group that I found just very comical where they were all staying in a circle. They're like, so who is it? And like, I don't know. Well, well, who is it? I don't know. And then people would be like, this person and this person? They're like, no, 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 I don't know. And like, no one would commit to anything. And it was an amazing insight into what it takes to actually be in power in Survivor generally, especially early in a season. Because no one was out there playing too hard or playing badly. All these people knew, 
I need to shut up and let someone else do this. And in that, because of that, no one would do it. And the paranoia was insane. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a super like hilarious moment to watch. Um, and, and like Natalie being voted off first, like you said, it's through no fault of her own. Like I think everyone that watches Survivor is coming into this season with favorites. They got enough recent players that you're going to have a favorite out of the last few seasons either way. So everyone has favorites and it's like, I don't know. It could be just my bias. I don't think that she should have been the first one to go home. I don't know because it seemed to me like Natalie and Jeremy may have been a power couple, but they had no one else even close to being brought into that power couple. So what power yeah. do they really have? So it, like you said, it's interesting. Nobody wants to throw out names. Nobody wants to be singled out is the shot caller. That way they get thrown out. Um, are we going to have that typical tier of the shot callers, you know, the free agents and then the people on the bottom, or is it just going to kind of be free agents everywhere? Every single vote, are we going to get voting blocks? I, I'm, I'm curious to see what this first vote out, yeah, well, really the know, first two just, vote outs have to say about the rest of the season. It's just shield on shield on shield out there for people. So it's like going to be interesting. Shout out too to the editing in the first half, because I loved uh, watching Tribal Council where they were just quick cutting between different faces and the power of those faces made it feel frantic because you're realizing in the moment that someone who's a survivor legend essentially is going to go home and they're just quick cutting between all of them and you're like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. It's just, it's just delightful. It's, it's like... I think the ringer mentioned this. It's it's like the NBA All-Star game except everyone's trying super hard. Yeah, the score you can't just wait till the final 3 minutes to have. <laughs> I think you definitely cannot not not because it's a basketball podcast, but I definitely think that um the NBA needs to adopt the one thing that I like about baseball is the All-Star winner getting home well, field advantage in the finals. That's the one to, thing. I hate to break it to you, Ty, but they don't do that anymore. Are you serious? Screw Yeah, baseball. they stopped doing that like one or two years ago. <laughs> Golly. That, like, that's the only, that's the best thing going for the entire sport of baseball. Don't at me. I want to at you so bad. <laughs> why, why would you that's have okay. such a long season if you're going to count home field advantage in the World Series on one game? Whatever. Not a baseball podcast. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the other tribe. Red tribe. DeCall. Fortunately, got to go to Tribal Council in the second half of the episode, so it worked out really nice for us. We got to see both groups go to Tribal. This group, I would say I'm familiar with less of the people, but found it just as interesting. Let's start with Nick Wilson, our Season 37 winner, David vs. Goliath. One of, our, one of our favorite seasons in recent memory a winner we really like, and it looks like he's come out more confident than ever for this season. And similar to Adam, I feel like he can just kind of skate by for a little while because people aren't as familiar with him, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm interested to see if he decides to name alliances he has with people. I want to know oh, if, that, if that's going to work on winners or I not. I forgot about that. Yeah, have to, have to see. Have to wait and see. Of course, Ty, Tony Vlachos. He won season 28, Kagayan. He's been on a few times. I'm sorry, who, I don't know if I've ever heard of Tony. Can you just explain to me who he is? <sighs> what if there was a Survivor player who just 
played a million miles per hour all the time. That's who he is. <laughs> he is uh, the Tasmanian devil of this game. And, it, you know, it, he's fun to have on. I don't really... I've seen Tony enough to know that I, I'm not going to cheer for him, but I'm not going to cheer against him. Um, it was <laughs> just funny. good to have. Amber actually said <laughs> during their tribal, which, again, was not shown, she was talking about Tony, and she said, the way he operates just makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. And I think that <laughs> that is probably one of the best summations of Tony's gameplay. Sporadic, entertaining, somehow it works for him at least one season. Yeah, he uh, was presented as if he restrained himself in this episode. We'll see how well of a job he did with that. But just it's amazing to have someone like Tony back on the show and have him be like the seventh most interesting person. That really speaks to just the depth of this cast, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many people. People have been people, 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 people. There's so many cast members that we've wanted back for so long that if we've seen them recently, I'm like weirdly over them. And Tony, I feel like we've seen recent enough that it's like, okay, you know who Tony is. <laughs> At the same time, there are people that it has been long enough that I'm like, who? And I know people might at me for this, but I would say Kim Spradlin was one of those people. I was like, I don't even know who this is. She won season 24, One World. Her name is generic enough that I just didn't remember her. But did you have a reaction to her? Did you remember her? Um, so this is one of those instances where I feel like I remember the season and the credits of the season. Like, I've been watching this show for so long now, and somehow I claim to be a super fan, but can forget the most basic things. And Kim <laughs> is one of those people that, like you're saying, she's somebody that I just have very little memory of, very little memory of the season overall. I just, I, I feel bad, so I don't, I don't know. I did like whatever context I was lacking. I liked watching her scramble in a way that appeared to do just enough to save her when she realized that her amber and tyson were in trouble and you know just because you're an old school player doesn't mean you can't play with the new boys keep yourself alive yeah let's talk a little bit about that group because this was an interesting engagement with like meta survivor that i've never seen the show do before in this way where Kim Tyson, who won season 27, Blood vs. Water, and Amber, who won season 8, All-Stars, they played in some kind of poker game that was televised in some sort maybe a year, two years ago. And like we were talking about earlier, with people looking for any connection they can find to exploit that was much exploited. I think Rob was there as well. Maybe well, one other person who I'm blanking thing. on. I'm I'm pretty sure Amber didn't even play. I'm pretty sure that her connection to Rob, just their power couple, like they were like, oh, we got to get rid of her because blah 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 blah. And she which tracks would be in that alliance? Were that alliance to exist, the uh, poker player alliance? I think that um, being thrown in that group is very interesting and I, I think 
we can't really mention that without also mentioning Yule because Yule was the one that called out that alliance. So this one is definitely embracing outside of the game a lot more than other seasons, you know? Uh, famously, we had ex-college friends be cast on the same season and no mention of it through the whole season. And here they're like, well, they're all winners and they do play poker and they do charity events and they do get together. So I guess uh, that's fair game. Let's show it. And I yeah, thought that was I, interesting. And I actually like that they're acknowledging that these people are people. I liked it too. And that's one of the reasons why the aging thing stuck out to me as like a theme of the episode because it, like, a lot of life has happened off mic for these people. And. It was just, like, really cool to see it come into it, I thought, even though it was made it a challenge for them. And naturally, like, I would have targeted Amber and Rob also because I can't imagine an alliance that is harder to break than a literal marriage on Survivor. So, you know, go for it, guys. Yeah, I think Uh, the dream of them voting each other off isn't going to happen, which makes me a little sad. Yule, who you talked about, he won season 13, Cook Islands. Similarly, I'll be honest, didn't watch that season, don't know what year it took place, don't remember him, had never seen him before. He has not been really a part of the Survivor community. I don't think he's ever even returned to play. And wow, did he make an impression on me in this first episode anyway. Like, he's so smart and logical and personable and capable of just hanging on to anything that's happening even though he sounds like he doesn't even watch the show anymore i was just like this guy is great yeah and i think that yule is one of those people who i remember yule i remember yule winning but i think when it's that long ago i don't remember his gameplay but it seems like you said he's he is sharp he knows exactly what's happening he's exploiting not even real alliances that are taking place outside of the game. Like, he is setting people against each other, and he is playing well. And at least in week one, it didn't feel like it put a target on his back. So, yeah, having Yule in there, I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped to see the rest of this season. And like I said, I remember him winning, but it was just so long ago. I don't remember a whole lot of details. Very cool stuff. Only a few more left to go. Another person I don't remember really... Sophie Clark, she won season 23, South Pacific. Similarly, though, looked like she was just super smart and ready for anything. Still looking for more of a read on her, but she's definitely capable and deserving of being out there, I think. Yeah, she definitely seems like she is going to navigate the social game really well. Let's talk about our good friend Wendell. (laughs) Friend of the podcast, winner of season 36, Ghost Island. Man, I love him. Like, I don't know what it is, and maybe I'm reacting this way because he has this literal effect on me as well, having talked to him. (laughs) But, like, he looks like he can get anyone on his side, like, instantly. Like, the way he commits to people is so real and, like, personal that it just looks like he can bring people in by being himself so easily. He's like, I'm with you, man like 100% 100% and they're just like yeah and he just seems like a good guy to be in an alliance with he's just so chill he just the way that he interacts with people I think that 
he is the chill version, and this might be way too high a praise, of Rob, where I don't think he's going to straight up lie to your face. And like you said, when we talked to him, like he was just a fun guy to be around, and I think that's what he wants. And, you know, I think he even said he's going to be more memorable because he was recent and he's trying to fly under the radar. And he, he doesn't want to be that guy that just stands on the side and like build stuff all the time. He didn't want to take over building the shelter, but everyone's like, Wendell, we know you, you're the furniture maker. You made checkers, you made swings, you made hammocks, you made whatever when on your season. And I think, I think people are going to be drawn to him, not in, um, like a dangerous way. I think people are going to be drawn yeah. to him in a positive way for him. That's what's crazy about this show is in reality, everyone is a danger to you, but some people always just slip into this role of like, well, we love, we love him or her. We'll never take them out. You know, and next thing you know, there they are. Winner. Yeah, I think that's the same, the same thing that Nick Wilson has going for him. Like he's just yeah. able to talk to people and people just instantly trust him. And he seems genuine and kind and like someone they want to work with. And last but not least, the queen stays queen, Sandra Diaz Twine, winner of season seven, Pearl Islands and season 20 heroes vs. villains. The only two time winner in survivor history. And like Rob on the other side, was not taken out in this episode for some reason. Even managed to end the two hours with an immunity idol Golly. and having taken out Rob's wife. So Amber goes to the edge of extinction, bequeaths Rob with her fire token, and Sandra, who I think similarly to Rob, might not last long in this season because she's just too huge of a threat, mm-hmm. <laughs> manages to uh, keep things going. Yeah, we got to see Sandra Diaz twine at her best. The way she manipulates people and then floats behind the radar. She's got that sneaky game where, like, I don't know if she's ever had an alliance, but she's ruined everybody else's alliance. And I think (laughs) that's her game. And it's fun to watch. It's it makes you want to hate her. She's definitely more on the villain side, um, which is fun. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know if it was me out there. If somehow I was on this season, Sandra and Rob are probably the first two to go, just because. Um, but like you said, she somehow got an immunity idol, which I don't understand that move from Natalie at all. And uh, she kind of orchestrated a vote out and stirred the pot. I would argue that move is knowing that Sandra's probably in the most danger and just trying to ingratiate yourself with someone in case you do get back in the game. I don't know. We'll see. I did just realize that I forgot someone, which is actually super fitting considering who it is that I forgot. One of our favorites. Because she more or less won her season by being forgotten and secretly dominating, which is Sarah Lachina, season 34, Game Changers. She's definitely one of my favorite players, and I think she stands out most. That season, there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and I Sarah is just a person who I've been interested to see play again because she was on a very controversial-ridden season and I think carried it the best and was one of those people we used to talk about the winter edits all the time. You know, She started getting the winter edit midway through and just carried it all the way. So I'm interested to see how she does in a season of All-Stars. Yeah, so that's the Red Tribe. Did you have any more thoughts that we haven't really touched on as far as Amber being the one voted out? 
I, I think it was unfair, but I also feel like one of the big focuses this get, this episode was old school versus new school. And it almost seemed like she has fallen behind in the ability to play this game. Yeah, she seemed as out of her depth as anyone. And the edit even made it look as if she was kind of just not in conversations leading up to the decisive moments there. I'm sure she knew what was coming anyway, but yeah, we'll see if she can recover during her time on Edge of Extinction. Her and Natalie will be there now for episode two. I I will say that looking through this list of people, the thing that jumps out to me is how, for the most part, the people who won the early seasons that I remember at least the ones that are not within the last few seasons, are people that were, were like big, memorable personalities as far as Rob, Sandra, Parvati, Ethan, Tony. Uh, while a lot of the new group, Tyson, I guess was the other one I was thinking of, a lot of the new group are people who all had very quiet games. Sarah, Wendell, Nick, Michelle, Adam. It's like... An interesting insight, perhaps, into the way that Survivor has evolved over the years to a more quiet uh, background kind of thing. And and now it's all going to come together and we're going to see what happens. I mean, I'm just like, I'm actually ecstatic in a way I, I haven't been with Survivor, even in the good seasons in a long time, because this is just like superstars just pl- all playing at their best doing everything they can and i i'm into it dude i'm definitely into it i'm i think i'm mostly into it because i love ethan and i feel like ethan finds himself in a good place but yeah just seeing everybody i like i want to see how they mix i'm already i'm already amped for the merge like i just i want to see <laughs> cuz like i want to see yule and rob interact you know i want to see Adam and Nick Wilson. Like I want to see all of them interact. That's I know, the great that, thing. That's the thing. It's like I wish they didn't have to have two tribes to start. I mean, it'd be nonsense if they <laughs> did, didn't. But like, it's I, there's people that I want to see interacting that I'm not going to get to see interacting, and that that's the only downside. To well, Edge this baby, game. they'll all be on Edge. <laughs> edge baby, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I just like I love that every vote, whether it's a blindside will blindsides happen with this group i don't even know whether it's a blindside or not like every vote will be exciting because someone we know is gonna see it end and it just is like it's just great i know survivor was terrible last year in so many ways but you know great is great and even if i'm not over all the things that happened I'm just excited for this. This is great. We're back. Sandra's back. The queen stays queen and Survivor, the show. The king stays king. That's that's my two cents. Probe stays probes. Throw those champagne glasses in the air, baby. Probes stays probes. Always right, cheering Ty. for the alpha males. That's all I got for this first episode. Any other thoughts? Just that I'm excited. I'm really excited. <laughs> I, I can't tell you the smile it brought to my face. I, I'm going to harp on this. It's episode one. I'll try and tone it back. Seeing Ethan 
be out there <laughs> and be freaking happy and just love it. And he it's finds wonderful. himself in an alliance with Boston Rob. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I, I was smiling Dude, if, ear to ear the whole time I was watching, just, just knowing that he's out there and playing again. Can you imagine if they can maintain this sense of joy balanced with extreme anxiety for <laughs> 13 straight weeks? That would just be the greatest season of Survivor ever by far. Because 13 episodes like this, like n- nothing hugely eventful particularly happened in this episode. And I still was just thrilled. So as things get deeper, I, I can only imagine it's going to get better. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, there you go. You may be disappointed in our lack of memory about some of these people, but hopefully you're thrilled to have On the Island podcast back in your feed here on Valentine's Day 2020. All right, so a lot to look forward to. Real quick, Ty, before we get out of here, tell me, out of this group of legends, your top three. Who's your power rank? Give, Give me your power rankings for episode one. Your top three players. Power rankings. Episode one. Top three. Number three. But number one in my heart, I got Ethan. <laughs> I can't stop <laughs> talking about the guy. Ethan is just the best. So he's number three. I also think he played well. I'm not just giving it to him because I like him. I think getting in an alliance that um, was involved in decision making was really good. Yule, super smart pointing out things that might not even existed such as alliances that were joked about at a poker table i'm i'm really excited to see yule going forward and number one rob because rob freaking played ben like a fiddle it was incredible to watch i hope that it gets to continue but if anyone's smart he should be gone next week (laughs) yeah that's weirdly there's almost too much cachet for this to be fair for the power rankings but I put Rob number three in mind for the same reason. Like, he should be gone already. And instead, we watched him just play the mob boss he is meant to be. (laughs) And similarly, I put Sandra at number two. Don't know how she made it through an episode. (laughs) She's Sandra. But she didn't even have to play the idol she got. So, watching those two create safety for themselves in the way that they do was fascinating for me and i give them number three number two my number one for this week i said yule just because he took himself out of a position of lone wolfness on his tribe (laughs) going into the first tribal council and spun it into taking out the poker group he played a little poker mind game of his own to keep himself alive and just the way his brain works was the most interesting to me out of anyone in this episode and although i might be higher long term on some of the newer people such as wendell nick and adam i was most impressed by our boy yule yep what a week for yule okay so there you have it ethan yule rob three two one for ty rob sandra yule Three, two, one for me. That's all we got for the premiere Survivor Season 40. Winners at War. If you like the podcast, go rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. This is the time. (laughs) More than you know. Listen on Spotify. Come back next week. Tell your friends. 
tell them, hey guys, Survivor, not only is it still on, it's great. There's an all-star season, and I know of an all-star podcast you should listen to. See, mm, I just beautiful. set up your awkward that's not a, line anyways. Yeah, that's not a cheesy thing to say to anyone in real life. So go do it. For Tyler B. Commons, I'm Taylor P. Gaines. This is On the Island. Until next time, remember, everyone's holding a loaded revolver behind their back. Nobody should feel comfortable, but probably a lot of people do. Bye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.